We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of the VM MLB show. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the one and only Nick Boss DeVito. What's up? Yo, I kind of wanted to open it up just so you could drop a yay yay on the first ever one. <laughs> yay yay! I, there you go. <laughs> and we I'm have bringing it. Joe and Nick aren't here, so <laughs> yo, they yeah. can't shut it down. So. No one's giving a shit. <laughs> yo, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Obviously, this is the new um, the new VM, kind of. The new layout. We right, are right. giving you guys more episodes per week, kind of splitting up the the uh the the responsibilities and all that and it's gonna be me and boss and a few guests and a few of the guys from vm every once in a while but for the most part it's gonna be me and boss and we are leading you off on this first episode today what we got for you is some of the rule changes that were proposed um and they were kind of setting the whole baseball world on fire mlb twitter was overblown with these rules everyone talking about whether they liked it or not i think there were player proposed too which was kind of interesting like the union Propose these rules. Very, very interesting. We're going to go over every single one of the rules, whether we like it or not, whether we think it's going to be good for the game. And then we are going to propose our own rule, one that we made up ourselves. And we're also going to talk about the Machado and Harper situation. These guys are still not signed. And there are players who have reported, pitchers and catchers have reported already. Today, first day, baby. That's right. So we see it. Baseball is here. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It is time for the MLB show. You want to kick it off right now, bro? Let's get to it. Let's kick it off. All right, so here we are. So the first thing we got on the docket for you today are these new rules. Now, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight new rules that were proposed. Yeah, did and we're going to go did, through each one. Did you read them beforehand? Of course I did. Because... I'm just like, yo, as a fan of baseball, I mean, I played with you growing up, so 
we've been playing baseball and watching baseball our whole lives. I think that was the first sport I was introduced to watching wise. Because my grandfather, every night after dinner was dinner, Yankees game, dinner, Yankees game. So that was like how I got into the Yankees and baseball. So just seeing some of these rules, I'm like, this was never crossed my mind ever to change some of these things that they proposed. And it's kind of like, I don't want to say blasphemous, but I can't find another word to like put to it. I feel like some of these like suggestions have have been. I feel like a lot of these rules are kind of like the American healthcare system. It's a, of it's course, a, it has to get political. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, five minutes in, we're like, yo, no, but for real though, like it's like a patch up to a problem that you could fix if you just like ate the right things. You know what I mean? Like if they looked back and they're just like, all right, what is what made the game great, and what are we doing to get us away from making that game great? And you just go back to that instead of trying to move forward and make all these rule changes. I don't know. But some of these rule changes I, I kind of like. Let's get started. Let's get into this first Let's rule change. All right. The first rule change is one that we've been hearing about for a long time. The universal DH. Um, that is one that people just kind of assume is eventual. Now, it didn't pass through, but they say that when the new CBA comes around in 2021, that this is going to be on the docket. Are you in favor of a DH? Now, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Mets fan, so I'm an NL guy. Right. Boss is a Yankee fan. He's an AL guy, so we can give you perspectives from both of those uh, angles. So what do you think about the DH? So it's funny because I don't know if you've been on Twitter, but Justin Verlander is like great follow, by the way. Go follow Justin Verlander if you want to see some like straight up to the point shit. Uh, he was like, he was all for it because he's like, Yo, you can finally see the difference between NL and AL. Like these, what these? Uh, some of the pitchers in the NL stats are inflated because pitchers hit what no better than 150 a year. So he was in favor of it. So everyone is on an even playing field. But I'm not. I like to differentiate leagues. I like the the switch when it comes to like the World Series and th- like I feel like the NL has that advantage. Like yo, we have we've been hitting in the pitcher slot. Um, I know you say it's game strategy a lot. I mean that in the NL you. Seriously, have to manage like double switches, freaking went to bring in a guy from the bullpen. Like, it's so much more managerial than the AL, I would say. So, I would keep it intact. I like, um, I don't know if it's just the purest in me or what. I know Nick is probably listening. He'll say, Yo, you never want to change anything, blah, blah, blah. And it could be that way, but I've just grown up on that. And that's not something I want to change. I like the difference in leagues, I like there being. You know, I can go to the NL and see a different strategy being implemented. I can go to the AL and see, like, slugging and power and, like, run scored and shit. So, I like it the way it is. I don't want to change that. So, for me, a few... See, if you would have asked me this six months ago, I would have definitely said no DH. But you're looking at the game right now, and I'm going to get into some stuff later on to, to talk about this more, but it seems like the strategy is being taken out of the game anyway, right? The Stealing is no longer happening. Hitting and run, hit and run is if you try to tell that to a kid, hit and run, they don't even know what it means. Bro, bunting someone over is like extinct. Bunting someone over is absolutely extinct. Small ball has become extinct. It's right. it's either walk or strikeout. That's basically what the MLB is these days. So if that's the case, then I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a baseball purist as well. And I I, I was for abolish the DH completely before I was two leagues with the DH. But if this is how ML, the MLB is going forward, I could see the DH being a thing in both leagues. I really can. And I don't I don't see being as mad about it because then if you're going for a home run or bust, NL teams are at a distinct disadvantage in general every day. Because that eight hitter also, for those of you who are not like, into the strategy of baseball. Listen to us. We both get deep into the game. So uh, this is this is one of those times. The batter behind a hitter 
is almost as important as the hitter himself. So when you have an eighth hitter and the pitcher follows him, that's two slots in the lineup that get completely demolished. So now you're kind of adding two slots to an NL lineup. So if this is how the game's going to change, then I'm, I am surprisingly for it. I'm like surprisingly all right with it. Although I would, I would like to see the DH stay because I want to see more strategy in baseball. I want to see more steals. I want to see more hit and runs. I want to see the kind of old school baseball a little more. Um, but if it's going to change all the way, then I embrace the change. It's funny because we'll get to it, but this this proposed rule influenced the rule I want to I want to put in play. Interesting. So yeah. So we're gonna get to that. Yeah, after I'm definitely this. gonna go back to this. Reference this. This would definitely have a an effect too on the next rule I'm about to propose because if there's a DH, this rule will be a lot easier to follow. A three batter minimum for pitchers when they enter the game. What do you think about that? Totally against it. Totally. Okay, because yeah. yo, if you, I mean, playoffs, any situation, right? Late in the game, you want your best guys in. And sometimes those best guys are specialty guys. Like a lefty, uh, get this guy out, or he comes in with men on, and that's when he's best, whatnot. Bro, if, or even if he gets in a jam. Like if someone gets in a jam, I want to be able to yank that guy. I'm not losing the game because my guy doesn't have it today. Because every game, at the end of the day, I mean, it is 162, but every game counts. So, hell no. Like this isn't even a thought to me. Like... <laughs> This is the worst one, I think, on the list, and it's not even close. How do you, like, say you have to leave someone in for a full inning's worth, even if you bring him in for a third, right? It says three batters. It doesn't say one inning. Yeah, it says three, three batters. So what if he gets one guy, and you're like, yo, that's all I need you to get, and he, and he has to sit on the bench for who knows how long, like a half hour, if you guys have a big inning the following uh, half of the inning. No, like, you're, my, I'm not bringing my guy back out there yo, after getting hot, about that. bringing him in for one batter. And then having him sit again and get cold. like That's how injuries happen. So, no, I'm totally against this. I think this is the worst rule on, on the list. I hate the rule. You're right. But I, I, I think the 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 idea is right. No, you're losing me, bro. Like, no, nah, like, no, no. Look, it, should you have a minimum amount of batters to face? No, I think. But they should. I think they should limit somehow how many pitchers you can take in and out of the game. My proposal, if I, if I was rewriting this rule, would be four pitching changes per game. So now you have to use your pitching changes wisely. It helps you keep a starter in for a little longer. It lessens your just switching like three pitchers. Because if you're going to shorten the game, then you're not going to do it by having three guys pitch in the inning. Like I, I, I understand what you're saying where you don't want a guy to pitch three batters in a row, but I think it's ridiculous to have three guys in a row pitch to one batter. I think that's a little overboard, and I think that's a little much in today's, in today's age. Uh, and that happens a lot. So, I I like the idea of limiting the pitching changes, but I don't necessarily like the idea of having a minimum of batters faced. It, yeah, it's it's so hard to find a way to implement that rule. Like, I think if you are going to implement the rule, then you have to put a minimum batters because you can't put a minimum outs because if you can't get outs, he'll be out there forever. And then at that point, it's just like, well, we lost the game and this guy's throwing his arm out. Because relievers, how, how many pitches are they accustomed to throwing to? 10 to 15, like per outing per se. So if you leave this guy out there because he has to face three batters, who knows what could happen? Yeah, definitely poorly constructed rule right there. So if we were relievers in the new rule, we'd be getting ready to face our third batter right now because rule three is upcoming. That's right. <laughs> Transition master, you know what I'm saying? Um, a single trade deadline before the All-Star break. So basically getting rid of the waiver trade deadline. Right, right, which is August 31st. Right. I'm with this. Really? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I'm kind of, but 
at the same time, I think it's one of the other rules is you have to like expand the roster. So I'm down to like give it an extra roster slot or two to like adjust accordingly. And you know, I was reading about this like, yo, it would make for a crazy um, off season. Like there will be a lot more trades in the off season, knowing you can only finalize your roster by I think it's what's the trade deadline now? Is July? July thirty first. No, no, yeah, yeah, July thirty first. That's right. End of July, end of August. Right, 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 right. right. So yeah, like you, you got to know your final roster is August first, and that's two months of baseball right there. So anything could happen. Injuries could happen, and which is why the waiver deadline is so luxurious right now because. Someone goes down in August. They say that's the dog days of baseball. You're like, yo, we can still get this guy. See Verlander a couple years ago, and he went to Houston, excuse me, and won a World Series title with them, put them over the top. So I'm all for it, wiping it, though, just because, like, especially nowadays, what's going on in baseball, how slow the offseason is. Like, it's February, was it February 11th? And how dead has this offseason been? Like, there's been no talks. It's crazy, man. And usually everything is done by Christmas. But no, nah, it hasn't been that way, and I think it would make it a hell of a more, a lot more exciting um, if we're not seeing free agents sign early. At least we'll see like trades done early. You know, that used to be my favorite time of the year, hot stove season when I was a kid, bro. I used to buy the New York Post, and I used to go on MLBTradeRumors.com, man. Yeah, bro, I used the, to just live there. The winter meetings, like that yeah. was. This is like, all right, yo, this whole week you better be like glued to Twitter or glued to ESPN or glued to the Post. Freaking old school of post, but <laughs> yeah, for real, glued to something like yo, because shit is going down this week. So get your MLB shit together this week, and it'll be quiet till spring training. But now it's like nah, the month before pitchers and cat, I mean the week before pitchers and catchers, everything's in flux, and fucking we're still waiting for the big names to sign. Rosters aren't set, and baseball does not have a shit together right now. Baseball reminds me of like speaking of like how you're talking about the New York Post is kind of. Like was is ancient now. I feel like baseball is kind of transitioning into this new economy that they have, and like they they're not getting it because everything now is like wins above replacement and all this shit. Yeah, advanced analytics. Yeah, advanced yeah. analytics. And when you at the at the honestly, like when you look at players in baseball, there's not much of a difference if you're gonna look at them just by the numbers between guy A and guy B, especially when you have such a big sample size. So people are less likely, I think, to pay giant amounts of money for these right. guys because they're like, we can get a cheaper alternative and have almost the same value, and we could plug in his deficiencies here. And we money can, ball, right? Money ball. So it's it's interesting to see how that's going to happen going forward because you got two of the premier guys in the league right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Young guys in their prime that could back in the day sign ten year contracts right now. Right, and they're unsigned. And it's kind of crazy, but we're gonna get into that a little later. Deadline though, you like it? The yeah, deadline, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for a single deadline, but I'd rather it be pushed back to August 31st if that's the case. See, I, I for me, like I, I don't want to see. Like I find it more disappointing if, like, if I'm, let's say I'm a Mets fan because I am, right? Right. And on, I, I don't know, August 15th, Noah Syndergaard, who has been my best pitcher, goes down and is out for the year. I would rather see a team maneuver with their prospects or with their situation and get someone for the stretch run, and that's exciting to me, rather than see what their real team is built and made out of and see what their farm system is made out of in September. Like, that, that I don't know. That doesn't really get me going. Right, right. So I would rather see that. So if I'm down for one trade deadline, but I would rather see it push back rather than push forward. That's different. 
Um, the next rule that we're going to get into, a 20-second pitch clock. This is something that they already kind of do. It's like 25 seconds. Yeah, right now, it's, yeah it's, I mean, they have it running in the stadium. I feel like it's yeah. very loosely enforced. Like, no, I mean, the ump isn't going out there like, yeah, you ha- get going. Like, he's not doing that. But they do enforce the, um, well, kind of enforce it. I guess they throw out fines to guys. The one foot in the box at all times rule, so they don't want guys stepping out between pitches. Mm. I feel like that was fine um, in terms of pace of play, like keeping guys in the box. I think that's what stalls the game more than the pitcher stalling the game. I feel like hitters are more inclined to stall than a pitcher would be because like, when a pitcher's going, he wants to like just get right back on there and fire the next pitch. So I'm not really a fan of this rule, and I feel like it's almost like rush, rushing the pitcher. Yeah, like, pitchers like to be. I mean, they're creatures of habit. Like we're doing that. My I'm controlling the game. It's my day. I'm dictating. I come out here once every five days. I'm running this shit. So I'm cool with that, and I'm cool with just leaving it as batter one foot in the box at all times, and pitcher go as you please. Yeah, I'm. I think this is like a band aid too. I think it's just like all right. If you're trying to cut the game down. Like, everyone's like, yo, that's the secret. We're going to cut the game down. It, it's not the secret. It's, it, it's The game is only 20 minutes longer than it was in 1985. Average pace of play. Uh, we're at three hours right now. In 1985, it was 25 minutes uh, less. So, is 25 minutes really the reason why baseball is not the most popular sport in America anymore? No, it's, it's, it's the attention spans that people have. Right. Right, so... Are you really going to win people's attention spans because your pitchers are pitching a little quicker? I, I just think it's a band-aid. I think if you want to get rid of this, you have to limit pitching changes. And you have to change the way the game is played because a lot of balls are not put in play. So it's not the length of the game, I think, that's the problem. It's the length of time that nothing is happening. That it's just like strikeouts. And a lot of pitchers who throw hard but have no control. A lot of walks. A lot of balls. A lot of t- taking pitches. A lot of swings and misses. Like, these are things that are not exciting. No one's putting the ball in play anymore. So I think that that's another thing. And and you know from when you played in Little League as well, in the games where the pitchers are dominating, uh, the games go fast. Right. And the games where the pitchers are not dominating, the games don't go fast. And it's like a lose-lose because in a dominant pitcher's performance, say it's 0-0 through 7, and it's, what, one hour and 45 minutes into the game? Oh, it's a boring game. It's 0-0. The pitchers are dominating. I don't want to watch this. Or if it's... Like you said, like if it's a high-scoring game, it's 8-7 in the 7th. The game has probably surpassed three hours at that point. And you're like, yo, I want to go to bed. What the fuck? So it's like, yo, it's it's so hard for baseball to like to win. I feel like, I feel like there's no in-between. And that's why if I'm a baseball fan, if, I am a baseball fan. If I'm a baseball commissioner, excuse me, I'm, I'm just leaving the game as it is. And I'm saying, yo, it will be as it will be. I'm going to market the shit out of what it is rather than trying to change it to fit the, the needs of the people at this moment. But that's just me. Um, another one. The expansion of rosters to 26 men with a 12-pitcher maximum, uh, yes, of course, why not, in my opinion. What right, right. I said it before, too. Like I'm all for the extra roster spot. Um, it just gives younger guys a chance. I feel like this is also about service time. Uh, there was something about service time that the players proposed, too. Um, but, yeah, I'm all for it. I mean, why not get an extra arm in the bullpen? Um, keeps guys healthy for the most part. The 12-pitcher max, five starters, or, yeah, seven relievers, like, Bigger bullpens, bigger benches, however you choose to use that roster spot. I think it's a no-brainer. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. That's no-brainer. Let's like, move on. Like what? They, they yeah. can't afford another roster spot? Like, yeah. yeah. One Please. more roster spot, yes. Yeah. I, I would be down for like two roster spots, really. Get your guys, especially with the, the way the game is today and just how Keep everything is. Keep your stars healthy. That's Keep what your stars we want. healthy. And it's right. a grind. It's a 162-game season, limited days off. Right. These guys need days off throughout the season. Definitely. 100% for that. Um. 
this is completely opposite than the other sports teams. Draft advantages for winning teams <laughs> yeah. and penalties for losing teams. Right. Hell what no. is this? What nah, is- yeah, I don't know where <laughs> this came from, but in a league where you're struggling, I know Buster Posey tweeted the other day. He's like, yo, everyone should be in win-now mood. Like, I don't know why. Because Real Mudo got traded, and he tweeted. Um, I don't know if it was the Phillies GM who came out and was on quotes like, yeah, we're all in. Like, this is a win-now move. And Buster Posey was like, well, every move should be a win-now move, and every team should be trying to make these moves. Um, so, yeah, in a win-now move, like, you got to go for it. And so if you make – the like the system the opposite what incentive do losing teams have right or what chance do they have right like the kansas city royals like they don't lose because they want to bro they lose because yo they're in kansas they can't keep players they can't keep players and you've seen it they won a world series and slowly they had to dismantle they paid alex gordon and couldn't afford anyone else right hosmer walked they had to they had to pick one, and they picked one. Right. They picked the wrong one. And unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what happens. Right. Because they can't afford to play, uh, pay anyone. Right. So, yeah, they're not trying to lose. But how do you? How does a team like the Royals compete and win a World Series? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> win a World Series against the Mets. How do, how do they do it? <laughs> <laughs> how do you get them back there? <laughs> how do they do it? They grow the they grow the players. Yeah, they the get farm. the prospects. They suck for ten years. They get the best picks for ten years. They have a five year window, and they have a five year window, and that's how all these bad teams do it. Bro, the Marlins were the expert experts at that in the early what ninety. What did they win? Ninety seven. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. In 03. Well, yeah. They let guys go after ninety seven. They let guys go after 03. Yeah, and then like, but that's how they did it. Right, and, and that's that's kind of the. The system, you see it a lot. You Yo, see the these- small market teams, like, you have to do that. And to not reward them, I mean, I shouldn't say reward in, like, quotations and air quotes for losing, like, that's the only way they're going to get better. And what incentive do they have to pay guys if they're not getting, again, rewarded in quotes for losing? Yeah, I mean, and if you're the league, then if you don't want people tanking, then share some money, bro. Yeah, I mean, share they some do. Revenue. They do. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about, like, real money. Right. Like, real revenue. You know, not the not the whoever pays luxury tax, you split that up. Right. So my real revenue sharing. Like. And it's like the Yankees are worth just putting it in perspective. Like the Yankees are worth and have so much more money to spend than right. the Royals do per se or any other small market. Because they don't care if they're over the cap because it's the second most valuable. There is no the cap. Exactly. Exa- well, like, the luxury they tax. Can, oh yeah, the luxury tax. Right. right. But yeah, I mean, I think it's stupid. But you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no yeah, way. This nah, is dumb. Yeah, no way. Um, draft advantages for winning teams. I mean, it depends on, I guess, what they mean by draft advantages. Um, but, nah, nah, nah. We no. spent already way no, too no much time on this rule. Then. Yeah, no one's going to tank that matters anyway. Like, the Red Sox of the world, the Cubs of the world, the the Yankees of the world, right. the Dodgers of the world. For, the big like, market teams like you said, are not going to. purposes, like, they'll still always have those big market Right, teams, exactly. So. And the guys who are tanking are the people who need to tank. Fox will always be happy because they have, like, this year, L.A., Boston, and shit like that. So Right, exactly. All right, so a, a study to lower the mound. This is interesting. I think this is the most interesting one on the list. Because last time they lowered the mound, offense obviously boomed up. This is called the Bob Gibson rule back in the day because Bob Gibson was so dominant that they raised the mound. Um but I'm sorry, they lowered the mound. Right, right. So they would, they're proposing lowering the mound again, which would, pr- uh, you know, prospectively give some advantages to the hitters. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, humans have advanced so much. Like, everyone's a physical specimen now, whoever is an athlete, these, a pro athlete these days. So I can see why 
lowering the mound. I mean, it would bring more offense, which is offense puts fans in seats. Like, I feel like that's a famous saying with defense wins championships. So, like, in this case, pitching wins championships. Um, I mean, sure, it would spark more offense, but will it decrease strikeouts, which is the ultimate problem in the game today? I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, it has, uh, the study must know something about like more contact, come with the ball coming at a lower velocity. Was it going to lead to more home runs? I'm not sure it's not going to lead to base hits, given the um, launch angle. Now it's such a big advance that like you know launch angle. Everything is launch angle. You hear, oh, if he hits it here, it's going out of the park. Launch angle. No one's trying to hit a line drive single up the middle anymore. So I don't really know if lowering the mound would lead to. Like more, I guess better hitting instead of just home run to strikeout. I don't know if that's the answer. I don't think pitching is, but I'm not ready to rule it out. I don't think pitching is dominant enough to do this yet. It's strikeouts, bro. Of course it is. Like I, in the sense of, but that's, I think that's more on the hitters than I agree. it is a credit to the pitchers. I agree. I think it's more on the hitters. It's more about hitting philosophy. It's more right, about right. look, left-handers. You got a shift to look at. Like where are you gonna hit that ball? What's it, what's a line drive going to do for you? If you hit it to shallow right field, it's a line out. You hit it to you hit it up the middle, it's a it's a ground out. You're swinging for those fences, and with swinging for fences becomes strikeouts. Right. And I think that's a problem more than the pitchers. But I support a study. Why not? Yo, if anything could be good for the game, you should study it. And why not? Because it worked the first time. Bob Gibson was dominant. They lowered the mound. He got less dominant. The league's pitchers got less dominant in general. Jacob DeGrom had that kind of season this season. And uh, it's a shame that the Mets suck so bad because, like, I guess that now he won the Cy Young. People know, but watching him every single week, you don't realize how dominant he was. He was completely unhittable. Yeah. So if that's the case and more people are going to become that, and Max Scherzer, always unhittable. Like, these guys with ridiculous But I feel like movement. that's more credit to yeah, stuff right, than it right. is to, like, Velocity per se, although they do throw fucking like 96, 97, they do throw hard, but more of that is just stuff. Right. I think that's like everything moves. Fastballs are moving now. It's like, it's crazy. And those are the guys who are going to be affected most by it. And that's why I'm not a big fan. Um, last but not least, let's just call this the Kyler Murray rule, a rule that would allow two sport amateurs to sign major league contracts. Yeah. It's best for baseball. Uh, 100% on board. I think anyone should be able to sign a major league contract. Right. Yes. Right. You're right. only hurting your own product if you don't allow it to happen. Right. And I think baseball took a little bit of a black eye. Uh, today, right. actually, Kyler Murray made it official. He's playing football. Right. So I think baseball took a little bit of a black eye. Things could have been different there. if this rule had been in effect. 100%. Right. If he, if he didn't have to toil away in the minor leagues. There's a lot of dual sport athletes. Um, who knows if they would have been successful major leaguers or chose baseball over football. But Russell Wilson, yeah. uh, who still goes to spring training with the Yankees. He's with the Yankees now. Um Tim Tebow a little later, but James Winston played at Florida State while playing football. So all these guys, Brandon Whedon was in the minors for a little while. There's a lot of football, baseball type guys, quarterbacks for the Pat most Mahomes. part, as you can see. Yeah, Pat, Pat Mahomes, Mahomes. Is a baseball player. So yeah, of course. Like if you could better your chances at getting these big time names, especially if they're playing on college football every Saturday, people know who they are, and you could bring them to your your game. Of course, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
I mean, I think anyone should be able to join a major league contract. I don't why I don't know why you have to have a minor league contract. It's probably it's probably because of contracts and they don't want these rookies to get out of control. Yeah, it's it's I control. Think it goes back to service time, right? And like, so, um, yeah, I mean, how long they have rights over a player? Arbitration. We've seen it before, though. Mike Leake is a guy that's in the major leagues right now that only spent a half a year in the minors. Uh, yeah. There's a few guys like that. So, um, I mean, but anyone, everyone has to do some time in the minors, and I, I don't think Kyler Murray like if he can go be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow. Or the starting shortstop for the Albuquerque Kirky Redhens. What is he going to do? Right. You know. So and that's what he did. So I can't knock it. Yeah, can't knock it because everyone only has a certain amount of time where they have their highest earning potential as right. an athlete. You know what I mean? Um, so those are the rule changes. Uh, some of them good, some of them bad. But boss, I want to know now what's but, a rule change. Go ahead. I also want to know from the fact, like you know, tweet us. Oh yeah. What rule changes do you like or don't like? And now that we're getting into it, what would you propose to as a rule change? Yeah, for sure. So give us some, boss. Why don't we hear yours first? Proposed rule change. Propose your rule change. All right. So my proposed rule change is to eliminate the opener, which kind of came in effect last season. I'd say for the most part, with the Rays and the Rays were super successful in like an AL East where nobody thought they would compete, given the it's the Red Sox and the Yankees. I mean, sure you could beat up on the Orioles, but yeah, man. I think when you're looking at pace of play. That's what really slows the game down. It goes back to like the three hitter minimum. Um, that rule that was proposed. Like shit, we're in February and we say guys like Bryce aren't signed, Manny aren't signed. It's because they're not willing to pay these guys, right? So the value of the starting pitcher with the opener and how successful it's been has gone down drastically. And I saw recently, I don't know if you saw Madison Bumgarner and Bruce Bochi. He was like, yo, we might implement it. And Mad Bum was like, yo, if you implement this, like, I'm not staying in the stadium. Oh, like, shit. I'm a starting pitcher, whatever. Like, this is my shit. Like, I'm fucking here from pitch one to pitch whatever. So that's my thing. I know it, it's worked. It's advanced analytics again. That's what baseball has become. But, shit, I hate seeing that, man. I want to go to the ballpark and see ace versus ace or three versus three. Oh, their fifth starter is going against my ace. We have a chance to win today. Like, this should be a win. Not like, oh, they're going to. Bullpen it, bullpen it, bullpen it, bullpen it, and have six pitching changes. They're going to stop the game for mound visits, you know, all that bullshit. So, though it's worked, I want to get rid of the opener. This is something, my rule change, I like, and I like your rule change. Um, it's going to be interesting because I could see a day where there's not even a starter or a reliever designation. It's just like and you got 13 players But that's players when baseball is going to fall into, like, financial issues with the union. Like, they're... They're not going to want to play anymore. It's because they're not going to get paid. They're not going to be as valuable. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like It's crazy. Yeah. Starting pitcher is shit the way it's going. It's, it's going to be like three starters and then bullpen days. Yeah. I can see it happening. I think this and my rule change is something that I've been advocating for years. Ban the shift. No more shift. I think the shift is what is killing the modern day version of baseball. Um, look. If you're a left-handed hinder, hinder, hitter, excuse me, you've been completely neutralized. The shift to me, look, it neutralizes left-handed hitters, obviously. Like, it's not rocket science. It takes away some of the most fun things of the game. Like, Boss and I were talking about this before we got on the air, and one of our favorite plays growing up was the base hit up the middle with a man on second and the ball trickling through the infield and the center fielder coming in and there's going to be a play at the plate. Or a shortstop making that range in the hole, diving, getting up, spinning, tossing it, making the play or not making the play. 
Uh, a second baseman doing the same thing or t- turning a great double Shit, play. The Robinson could go across the body throws like something I came accustomed to growing up watching the game. Yes. And that was like way before shifts were implemented. For sure, right? And then that, that kind of play gets eliminated. Stolen bases kind of get eliminated because of it because if you're a left-handed hitter, then you have nowhere to hit the ball. And I think one of the weakest arguments, and I was actually talking to Paul Duca, name dropping right now. I was talking to Paul Duca, and he's like, then why don't you drop a bunt down? I would have dropped a bunt down. I told him, but Paul, you were you were a dude that would drop a bunt. We're not paying these giant lefties who have the natural pull swing. Like, a lefty has a natural pull swing. It's science. So we're not playing these lefties to bunt the ball down the third baseline. We're not doing it. Listen, I have the same mindset as him, too. Like, uh I feel you like you're not like you just doubles home like extra bases drive guys in not bunt for a single. I hear you, for but for the big guys like but shit, y'all. You know what it is, man. With a bunt is first of all, it's hard to get a bunt down. I'm not gonna undermine that. Like if they're throwing all speed, anything crazy, especially we just talk about the movement on these pitches these days. It's hard to get a bunt down. Fine, but if you can push it down the third base line the, with how drastic the shift is, yo, that shit could become an extra base hit. Yeah, that's sure. Sure, it can. Granted, but, but then you're special taking, occasion. But then you're also like, at the end of the day, baseball is entertainment, bro. It's like, it's, you, you know, we take it seriously and people right. take it seriously. A lot of money on the line, but it's entertainment. And why would you take the, the bats out of your big hitters' hands? Why would you do it? Like, I, I don't get it. And the only reason why righties aren't facing the exact same thing is because first base needs to be occupied. Right. Like, that's the only reason. So, it's, first they base. They do get righty shifts, though, just not as drastic. Right. Just not as drastic. Like, you could hit it in the hole. Rather right. than bunt it up the first baseline. So you do see some guys do that, but those lefty shifts and it just it's changing the whole strategy of the game because it's more turnover it's more home runs now. It less less I mean more walks and it's and blah, blah, blah. more walks and home runs, excuse me, instead of base hits and small ball and moving the runner over. And yeah, home runs, you know, they make the they make the crowd roar and it's very exciting, but yo, after a while, you know, how much do you have to pay for a home run? And also, like don't you want to see the strategy of the game? When I was a kid, I fell in love with the strategy of the game. And I right. and, I, and I have this fear that there's there's kids out there that aren't falling in love with the strategy of the game. Um rather with just the big hits. And I, I sound like an old man right now, but that's just how I feel and 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 if you ban the shift then everything kind of goes back to normal. And half of these rules that you're proposing, you don't need it no more. You don't need to limit the pitching changes. You don't need to to have a quicker quicker pitcher. You don't need to have a guy in the box because banning the shift kind of fixes all these things. And it makes the lefty more... like One of the reasons why lefties against lefties are so... It's such a dominant situation right now is because lefties naturally pull, and they even even more than that, they naturally pull off a left-handed slider. Like imagine it is to go the other way with a left-hander slider as a left-hander. Yeah. If you're gonna hit it, you're gonna pull it. Right. So these lefties are dominant against the left-handed pitchers. You take away the shift, and that lessens. And it's just, I just see every single aspect of the game improving without a shift. Now, do I want you to take the strategy out of it? No. It's a simple rule. You need to have two players on within five feet on each side of second base. So leave a hole in the middle is basically what I'm saying. But you could shift your like you could shift your third baseman all the way off the line. You could shift your first base whenever you want. Uh, and they got to be on the infield grass. I mean, they got to fill in the infield dirt. Like you can't put them in the middle of the outfield because that's another thing. Like these base hits that used to be base hits are now ground balls to short right. Right. Like we don't. I don't even know how to score that in my scorecard. Right. 
Like that's it's 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 an abomination, honestly. Like I, I hate to use that word, but it's an abomination of the game, right? In my opinion. So I think yes, it worked. Joe Madden, you changed the game forever. Congratulations. You picked a winning strategy. Time for it to end because in basketball we have illegal motions and I mean uh, illegal defense, and we have uh, ten second. I mean eight second shot. Uh, Backcourt, half backcourt court rules. Yeah. Half court, we have we have shot clock rules. In football, you have illegal formations. You have the amount of people that need to be on the line. People have rules. Oh, illegal formation for the shift. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like right, people right. have rules. I think one of the problems with baseball is though, like how do you, how do you really like, make consequences for rules? You know, there's yeah, not really there's a no way. Penalty. Yeah, there's no real penalty. So that's that's a little bit of a tricky situation, but. Take away that shift. Don't let them shift the way they do. And I promise you, the kids will come back. I promise you, the problems will go away. So you said you brought up the outfield, but I'm thinking more so like the the alignment of the shift. You want two of each side of second base, I'm assuming, right? Like you, like the shortstop can't move past second base. No, no, but I wouldn't even say he can't even be on top of second base. Like he has to be five feet from second base, yeah. at least. Like you got to leave a hole in the middle because that's where... Dude, that's where the game happens. And I remember when I was a kid, one of the best things you could do as a hitter is hit the ball where it was pitched, Bro, right back up yeah. the middle. And, like, yeah, that's the first thing I learned. Like, my father drilled that into me. My coach, like, whoever you coached me in Little League is like, yo, if you hit it up the middle, that's the best thing you could do. It's the hardest play for the middle infielders converging on the ball to either spin and make a throw to first. It's just it's the best spot. The pitcher has to react so quickly that you usually buy him by the time he can. So, yeah, I agree. Like, a single up the middle is – Probably my favorite hit in baseball, and it's kind of been taken away. For real, it gives people, it gives lefties the ability to play to their strengths. And another thing people say is, "Oh, why can't they just hit it to the, everywhere in the field? They should be, they shouldn't just pull the ball. They should, they should push it too." Like, yeah, go do it then. Easier yeah. said than done. Because what happens is you turn a three twenty hitter into a two forty hitter when you do that. You you Mark Teixeira him. Like I think Mark Teixeira is one of the best examples we have of a shift. Uh, someone who got completely dominated by the shift because if you if you go if you go to the Yankees you look at his numbers and that's when the shift was kind of being introduced by the Rays, his numbers completely suffered and a lot of people yeah. put a lot of people put it towards him playing in Yankee Stadium and getting home run happy but I think the home run happiness didn't come from Yankee Stadium it came from that shift so I think uh, yeah I would ban the shift that's the first thing I would do if I was commissioner not opposed. Another thing I would do is, as a commissioner is I would try and get an idea of what the hell is going on and why my superstars are not signed, <laughs> Harper and Machado. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to get your opinion on these two guys. Like, What do you think? Do, do you think they sign soon? Do you think they kind of J.D. drew the situation and don't sign until like May or something yeah. like that, like some crazy shit? Like, What do you think happens? No, I think they're on a team before like opening day. I don't know how deep into spring training it'll get because, like we said, this is the first day of like pitchers and catchers just about for – for baseball, so shit is underway. And even though we say pitchers and catchers, like a lot of the guys are already down there, but like they just willingly report early. So yeah, I mean these guys need to get deals. I'm interested to see whether they get the the security they want because like a lot of these guys want seven to ten year deals, and both of them want north of three hundred million. So I saw the Yankees that kind of came out that they offered two twenty, I think over seven. Which shit, if I'm Manny Machado, I'm like yo goodbye because. I know my worth, and that's not my worth. And yeah. if, you, if you want to sign me for seven years, you better up the ante. But on the other hand, I was talking to my buddy today. Yo, he proposed, I don't know if you think this is crazy or not, like a one-year $50 million deal. That the money is way up there, but the security of like, you know, God forbid an injury happens or whatnot, or you have a terrible year, you risk that. 
but you're taking the quick money. It's interesting. And like, would would you as a player take that deal? You see guys in the NBA do it all the time. Right. Kevin Durant's uh, one that you see. Boogie Cousins. I mean, he took less money, but he right, took that's a one-year deal. Right. But these guys are signing one-year deals. And or two-year deals. Like LeBron. Yeah, LeBron. And they were like, oh, I don't know about his loyalty to Cleveland. Like, he didn't really commit long-term. It was just a two-year thing. They were right, though. Yeah. No, well, he <laughs> stayed there for, what, four years? No, nah, he did his thing. Right. But, he re-upped with them. But would you take a one-year $50 million contract if... Like, is that the res- uh, resolution, I guess? If I'm Manny Machado, how old is Machado now? 20, 26. 26. And that's, that's the thing when they say, oh, uh, teams are not in, in win-now moods. Bro, how long does it realistically take to rebuild? Like, I talked about the Marlins earlier, how it went from 97 to 03. Six years. Six years from now, Machado's going to be 32 in the prime of his career. You're getting, like, the prime years of Manny Machado, whether it's now, five years from now, or seven years from now. Like, that's still going to be prime Machado. So... If you're not a contender right now, like the Padres have been rumored, um, the Giants with White Sox. Harper, the White Sox, like, dude, make a move for this guy. Even like other market teams, if if you can afford to and you're not winning now, but any up now and you'll reap the benefits when your prospects come along in five, six years. I agree with you. Especially these guys are so young. Albert Pujols just, he signed the last 10 year deal in baseball. Now, he was 31 when he signed it. So they were signing up to have Albert Pujols until he was 41 right, years same old. Same That Right. And that's a different situation. That's a different thing. You're not signing a 26-year-old to a 10-year deal. Right. You're going to get rid of him at 36, which realistically, Machado with his size can be probably a first baseman with an effective bat until he's 40. Yeah. Until maybe, maybe more than that. Bat speed is more of a thing for Harper, so you wonder about him. I I would be le- I would be more hesitant to give him a ten year deal. I'd probably go more in the range of five to six. Would with him. you do the one fit one for fifty? If I was if Machado, a club or if I was a Harper, club for Harper, I mean, I would love the Mets to sign Bryce Harper for one for fifty. I would love to sign the Mets to sign Manny Machado. I I, I think that every single team out there. That is letting these guys go. Yeah, you got has, interested in these guys. They're just too in. You know what? Sometimes you get lost in the sauce, bro. And those analytics could be some sauce sometimes. At the end of the day, the teams with the best players win. The reason why the Red Sox won is not because they got the best, like, analytics team. And they got a good analytics team. Don't get me wrong. Theo Epstein is the man. But Well, Theo Epstein is long gone. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They have a, they have a good. They got Dombrowski now. Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm, I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Theo Epstein over with the Cubs now. But. They don't. They do it because they did what they did because they had the best players in the field, right? Not because they were they were mixing and matching and seeing where they can get a cheap here, cheap. No, they put all stars at every single position they could, and then the ones they didn't, they tried to trade for all stars. It's it's that simple, right? Well, their prospects worked out, and they went out and signed the all stars, like, right? Exactly. If you looked last year, they signed JD Martinez. Now he was another one who like yo he finished with those ridiculous numbers with Arizona heading into free agency, and you're like yo this guy's probably getting a monster deal. He didn't get that monster deal, and he kind of held out to, like, this time last year. So that also was in the back of my head, like, yo, J.D. Martinez kind of did the same thing, and it's kind of not being talked about but because I guess they're in a different echelon of player. Like, Machado's been a star since he broke into the league. Bryce Harper has been a household name since he was in high school. Like, everyone knew who this dude was, whereas nobody really knew about J.D. Martinez in Detroit and I mean, Arizona is whatever. Like, it's still a small market team. He kind of – they made the playoffs that year, the wild card game, and they won. They beat Colorado. So, kind of his, you know, 
to the national stage, kind of like putting his face on the map. But these guys are totally different. So I don't think they're going to take that those cheaper deals like J.D. Martinez took. That's that's the difference between these two uh, or these three. Hopefully, next time we see you guys, this is going to be a bi-weekly show, so I hope next time we see you guys yeah, we're or talk f- to you guys. Full swing of things. We're going to be in full training. swing, and also, I hope Machado and, and Harper are signed, because if not, then we're, we're going to be in for a real problem. I think this is going to become more of a situation as we go forward. Right. So, uh, Nick, in the meantime, in between now and then, where could they find you, bro? At Endevito27 on Twitter and the gram. And you can find me at Timpatrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Also, for anything fantasy-related, the Brodo Fantasy uh, podcast is also there, brodofantasy.com, brodoff.com. I also want to leave you guys with something uh, personal. Um, not really personal, but if you listen to um, podcasts and chill, Uh, Our first episode, episode one, is about fair play in New York City. So uh, the... There is a team right now fighting for small schools in New York City to have the same privileges uh, to play sports as the big schools in New York City do. And uh, we are making big headway in the fight. Uh, I'm going to be real with you. I'm part of this fight, and I have a dog in the fight. Um, So, look, if you think that every single student should be given the opportunity to play sports even though they're in a small school the equal opportunity an equal opportunity there's a way like the guy who's leading this David Rosen has found a way to do it and it's by combining the rosters of these small schools and having one program the problem is the PSAL does not want to do it it is strictly because they are holding these kids down for reasons beyond our control behind beyond my pay grade um, we're trying to break this system down. So if you can, please go to at Timpatrop on Twitter. I have uh, posted a petition. That petition is for one of the students in our school who was a track star in Atlanta and came to our school and cannot run on a track team because we don't have a track team. She's been one of the people fighting for these things. Um, so what we want to do is we want to sign a petition to get her on a track team locally who needs a runner. So... We're basically just saying, hey, PSL, you don't got to do anything. At least let her run for another school. Right. And look, we don't flex about numbers on this show a lot, but there's thousands of people listening to this right now. And there's 70 signatures on that petition as of right now. If every single person who listens to this goes to to my Twitter, at Timpatrop, and signs a petition, and literally all you have to do is put your name, press submit. It's not not going to be that hard. It's not going to be that difficult. Go on it. Sign it. And let's wake up tomorrow with a thousand signatures. So when they take this to the DOE, they're like, hey, we have an army here. Let's be part of history. Uh, Just like this was history, the first ever uh, VM MLB show. Big boss, man. Let's go. And tweet us at Veterans Minimum. Always. Uh, Any rule changes, like I said, I want to hear the rule changes proposed. And what you think of the already proposed rule changes. Definitely want to hear some thoughts on this because... It's hard to sway me because I'm a purist, like I said. So I want to hear from others who, you know, just love baseball. I mean, me and you, it's funny because, like, we played Little League together. Yeah, that's how we met. And, like, we linked up years later to do this podcast. So baseball kind of fucking was the seed to our relationship. That's right. So shout out to baseball. Shout out to you for listening. Shout out to the MLB. We cannot wait to continue this show. The VM MLB show episode 001. One more yay yay before you bounce? Yay yay!